Locked On Kraken. Your daily podcast on the Seattle Kraken. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We are the Seattle Kraken. Hey, Seattle hockey fans, Erica Lindsay Ayala, your host of Locked on Kraken, and we have another very special squad cast for you. You've heard from him before, the one, the only host of Locked on Devils, Trey Matthews. What's up? How you doing, Erica? It's good to see you again, brother. How you been? Oh, where do I start? I I don't know where to to begin. It's been been, uh, one interesting journey to say the least oh i bet i bet we love it so last time uh fans over on locked on crack and heard from you you were getting ready to call a phf preseason game um and we're doing that but since and i've talked about this on the show you have been able to shadow your mentor our very own radio voice of the seattle kraken everett Fits you. So since you don't know where to start, why don't I, I determine that we'll start from there. What was it like to meet up in real life and to follow Everett Fitzhugh as he was calling a radio game for the Seattle Kraken? Oh man, it, it was a once in a lifetime experience. I, I, I can't explain it. Just overall, um, he's a great guy. He was very personable. He answered all my questions. And when he answered a question, it was in great detail. I got to meet a lot of people. I met JT Brown. He does the color commentary for the Seattle Kraken. Met the whole uh, squad over at the radio station, uh, the the television station that covers the um, Seattle Kraken as well. Just going behind the scenes and uh, just going to morning skate, talking to the head coach, uh, seeing Everett get interviewed by a various amount of news sources just because it was a big deal because he is a Detroit native and he is the first African-American NHL broadcaster. So that that was certainly a big deal, but just getting to uh, learn from him behind the scenes and just, um, and, and just see like how I can take what he does into my very own broadcast or just seeing how he preps for a game and just overall, it was a great experience and uh, something I hope to do again in the future, maybe one day. Yeah, absolutely. That seems like it was awesome. You had a front row seat to get to see everything. So, Trey, what was the technically not first row, but because, you know, the press box is high up, but I get what you mean. Yes, uh, fair enough. But yes, the, uh, you know, theoretical front row seat. But um, okay, so Trey, uh, you've prepared for hockey games before. This is something that you want to do. We talked about the the PHF uh, pregame or preseason game, excuse me. Um, what were some of the things that you thought were kind of in pace uh, with what you have experienced so far in your hockey journey? And maybe what were some of the things that were a little bit different and that were an adjustment as you got to see what an NHL preparation is like? Okay, so the, the one thing I have to say is like when you're looking at um, the, the NHL preparation for something like that, it's just like um, th- they go into such great detail. Like I remember uh, just looking at one of their note pamphlets, uh, albeit they didn't type this out, they didn't write it out, they, someone else does it, but it was very thick. It was like, it, it was almost like a short story kind of thing. Like 
it it, it was definitely a, a few inches thick. And just going into detail, I'm like, whoa, whoa, they have the stats for the other team. They have uh, d- different stories. Oh, this player is going to be playing in his 100th career game uh, a- after today or uh, going into this game, this player is so and so against um, uh, uh, against the Detroit Red Wings because that's who they were playing at Little Caesars Arena. And just the, the great detail, it was just all to a T. It was very meticulous. And something that surprised me is that they use some of the sources that I use, uh, like whether I'm doing a podcast, whether I'm doing a broadcasting, they use like hockey reference, they uh, use the typical websites that we as fans use to get information about a certain player. So uh, I think something interesting they, they found out was that um, I, I believe Drieger was the, um, was the starting goalie for the crack in that game against the Red Wings. They were able to, I, I forget who was in goalie for uh, the Detroit Red Wings, but they were able to find some sort of information that uh, they were teammates at one point when they uh, were uh, younger up and coming. And I'm just like, that is great detail. And I'm just like, I, 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 I'm just in disbelief. And, but, but, um, it, it's not as complex and different as some people may interpret it because it's just like they use the same sites that we use. They just use it in great detail. They have a printer on site. So if they have to adjust their notes, if they have to, um, if someone's a healthy scratch or if the lines got uh, changed at the very last second, they can literally just go onto a computer, type it up and just say, change real quick, change that real quick. And they print it on site. Wow, that's really cool. I mean, because as you know, again, the note taking and then the research, as you said, is it can be pretty, pretty daunting. And so first of all, it's kind of cool um, to have people like a team of stats people, right, kind of helping out with that and not having to do it all on your own. But also changes on the fly are such a thing. I know even just from my experience with the Premier Hockey Federation, sometimes, you know, we're texting people who are in the arena because we do a remote broadcast. So we don't even, um, you know, always have runners right there. Sometimes we have to be texting people and and whatnot. So it can definitely be uh, a tedious process, but I love that you were able to kind of get that preparation. So Trey, what are some of the things that you took away from the experience and that you think you might try and integrate into your um, just kind of day-to-day, whether it's preparing for the podcast or preparing to call a game? Okay, so the the first thing that should be established was that I treated it like a business trip. So like one of my friends asked me if she could come and I said, I told her, no, love you and all, but this is a business trip. So I'm all about business. I, I didn't know what to wear. I, you know, my dad said, wear a suit. You don't have to wear a tie or things of that nature. Everyone told me, wear a tie. Like he told me the dress attire for morning skate. He told me the dress attire for the game. He said, full on suit. However, for morning skate, you could be business casual. Uh, things of that nature. So it's just like uh, something that I uh, will take away from is that, you know, if if you want to be surrounded by like big name personalities or things of that nature, you got to get used to it. And this is something I learned from um, David Locke as well, uh, who's the founder of this podcast. He, I, cause you know, I'm a big basketball fan. Like if I was to see LeBron James, like uh, coming down the hallways, I would kind of broadcast the rules and just ask for an autograph, ask for a picture, things of that nature. I asked David like a, a little over a year ago, like, have you ever been st- starstruck by a player? He's like, nah, I don't get starstruck. If I was to get starstruck, it was it would be by another broadcaster that I looked up to. I don't really get starstruck or things of that nature. And that's sort of one of the takeaways I took going into that, which was treat it like a business trip, 
Do not ask for autographs. Do not ask for selfies. Like, let me tell you something. I was in the same press box as Matt Beneers because this was in Detroit. Uh, Matt Beneers goes to school at the University of Michigan, same college as uh, Luke Hughes, our uh, pick from this past year's NHL draft. So I literally could have just said, hey, Matt, can, can, can I just take a selfie with you real quick? It took every fiber in my body to not ask for a picture with them just because I, it would be really cool because who knows, Matt Beneers could become like the, the next big thing in hockey, as far as I know. And he's the first um, draft pick in Seattle Kraken history. So I really did want to take a selfie with them. I really did want to ask for maybe an autograph or something like that. But um, I, I just said, nope, it is a business trip. You treat it like a business trip. And if you want to be, if you want to get used to it, you know, you, you, you got to know, like, you, you can't just be asking for autographs. You can't be asking for pictures because I actually did meet uh, Dave Haxtell, the, uh, the head coach for Seattle Crack. I, I shook his hand. I had a conversation with him. Very serious guy. I, I don't know how he would react if I said, can I have an autograph? Can I have a picture? I don't even know how Everett would react. But, but you know, uh, I, I just said no autographs, no pictures. And something that taught me was, like, they, they said, like, um, you know, treat every game like it's a big game. So, for example, um, I, I told them one of the hardest things to do was to call ACHA men's D3 or ACHA women's D2 because the, out of our seven hockey programs at Adrian College, the college I attend and where, in which I do broadcasting for, they don't get fans in the arena. They don't really get that much of a viewership. It, it, you know, it's very hard to get exciting for, and usually they just blow out the opponent the, the opponent anyway. So it's kind of hard to call that. I'm, I'm sure you've had that experience before, but they said you treat that game like you were calling – the, uh, the NCAA programs at Adrian College. You, 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 like, you take your notes, you try everything you, in your power to, to, to treat them the same and, and make it entertaining. And if it's a blowout, that just tests you more as an announcer because you got to find a way to make it entertaining, even though it's a blowout. Because I told them one time, I, one of the toughest games I had to call was when Adrian College beat a team 14 to nothing. 14 to nothing. That's not a hockey score. That's a football score. So uh, th that's some of the takeaways I could go on for hours, but th that's just some of the big takeaways I, I, I learned. Wow. Yeah, for sure. I mean, all of that is really good advice. Just being a professional, you know, they always say the adage is, you know, dress for the job you want and, and stuff like that. So it seems like you're really able to kind of uh, bring some of those things and, and hone those things and, and, uh, apply some of those things. So that's pretty cool. But Trey, coming up next, uh, we're going to flip the script a little bit and, and uh, you're going to put me in the hot seat and we'll talk a little bit about my experiences so far. But uh, uh, let's, let's take a little break and get the sponsors happy and uh, then we'll do that. Bet Online has you covered this holiday season with more props, more odds, and more lines than ever before as football, basketball, and of course hockey continues. And we're even got you covered for college bowl season. Remember that Bet Online, even though it has a new website, a new interface, it is still your number one spot. For all your sports action this season, Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. And we don't want you to miss out. So head to your mobile device. You can use a tablet, uh, you can use a desktop, whatever you got, and go to betonline.ag. And when you use promo code locked on at sign up, you will receive a 50. 
50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Remember, Bet Online has you covered for all the props and odds and everything that you need from football, basketball, hockey, and even your favorite Vegas casino games. But you're not going to be able to grab those deals unless you sign up at betonline.ag. Use that promo code locked on for 50% on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. Okay, so Erica, we've talked about my experience going behind the scenes of the Seattle Kraken. However, you had the opportunity over the summer to go to their expansion draft. Uh, you went to a few of their practices, got to speak to some of the players. Um, and, and in fact, um, I, I'm glad you reminded me of this. I met uh, Allison and Piper. They do the uh, pregame for the Seattle Kraken on television. They told me, do you know Erica Ayala? I was like, yeah, I work with her at Locked On. And she's like, and they were like, that is a good connect to have. So you have, so, you know, try to connect with her and Everett agreed with me, but because they said that you covered them for locked on. I was like, yeah, I work at locked on. I cover the devils. Like, you know, I, I know Erica very well. And um, yeah. And, and so I was just like, wow, Erica's Erica might be a bigger deal than me for right now. But uh, what was your, what was your experience of going behind the scenes of the Seattle cracker? What did you experience? Sure. Well, first of all, thanks for sharing that. I had no idea. But yeah, Allison Lucan and I go back um, to the time when we did a little bit of crossover virtually, of course, um, covering women's hockey. And Piper, I'm a huge fan of Piper's. I remember her covering Wisconsin and, and doing some of uh, the work there and to see that she's with the Seattle Kraken. So awesome. So that's pretty cool. And thanks for sharing that. But my experience was pretty cool. I um, have never been to an NHL expansion draft before. And I've, I've gone to an entry draft. I did the entry draft in Dallas. Was that 2017 or 2018? That was the year Keandre Miller got drafted um, to the Rangers. So, um, but the expansion draft was really cool. So it was at this uh, place in Seattle. Uh, anyone who watches Grey's Anatomy might recognize it, but it's called Gasworks Park. Um, and it was beautiful. Like, it was so beautiful. The water's right there. And um, it was kind of cool as a baseball fan. You always see when the Giants have home games, you see all of the canoes and boats and stuff and people going out to try and get a home run ball. You had people that were kind of in their different floating devices and were just really excited to welcome the Seattle Kraken to their city. Um, I got to see Everett work from a distance while I was there at the expansion draft, uh, as well as JT. And, and that was pretty cool. Um, and you know, it was, it was kind of cool just to, um, be able to just see how everything works. It was the first kind of run through for a lot of who you're talking about as far as the broadcast. It was their first live event. Uh, they were with NHL Network. And so it was pretty cool. It, it was also really great as someone who covers the Seattle Kraken remotely to catch up with the beat writers. So, um, you know, Jeff Baker at the Seattle Times at the time, Marissa and Jimmy was not working with the Seattle Times yet, as I, if I recall correctly, um, or maybe she wasn't in Seattle yet. But um, then you also had Ryan S. Clark who I have known for a little bit, uh, you know, just name in passing. Ryan was another person I met uh, at Little Caesars Arena. Ever told me he covered them for The Athletic. 
Exactly. Yeah. And so it was really cool. Ryan and Jeff in particular were the two at the expansion draft that I got to get to know a lot better. Um, and then of course, Darren Brown, who runs the sound of hockey. So that was pretty cool. Um, and getting to be there as the first names ever for franchise history were, were called. That's, uh, that's really interesting. And, you know, something that Everett told me was that, um, and I, and, and, you know, I wasn't really surprised, but cause I kind of already knew this, but he says that the Seattle Kraken, they, they, it was their mission to try to diversify their culture. So they have a lot of uh, pe- people of color uh, associated with their organization. Like they got people like you, they got uh, sort of like me, the um, sort of like the apprentice to, um, to ever you kind of thing. Like, you know, cause I was able to shadow him. They, you know, they got a lot of uh, women. That's one thing I love about the Seattle Kraken. They give people a chance to, uh, work for such a great organization. They give people, um, you know, the spotlight um, in, in terms of just trying to establish their brand, establish what they're doing. And I just have a lot of respect for Sal Kraken. It's just a great team to um, root for. Not doing too well right now. And, you know, Everett told me how to handle, um, you know, if your team is struggling, you know, find a way to make it entertaining. But uh, one, one thing I also want to talk about was, didn't you have the chance to go to a couple of their practices um, over the um, over the summer, like training camp? Yes, for sure. I was there for training camp and uh, preseason. So that was really exciting too. Everything for the Seattle Kraken is brand new, including the Kraken Community Iceplex. At the time, um, they have a, a bar there now that was not fully functional. There were there are definitely a lot of people still wearing hard hats all around. And it seems like they finished all the parts where the hockey players would be, but there were still a few things that they were cleaning up. So that was kind of neat to see. Uh, and I was like, oh gosh, I hope they get everything done. Um, um, but as far as being able to be there for the first ever Seattle Kraken practice, official practice, um, well, I guess not the first, but it was the first one I think that they opened up officially as part of training camp. They had had some players only practices and, and whatnot. Um, but you heard fans because they allowed some fans um, to come in and you heard fans applauding as soon as they hit the ice, uh, you know, and that was that was kind of cool. Yeah. And uh, I, I told Everett, one of my goals is to actually get out to Seattle and actually watch a game. Next time you go, can I come with you? <laughs> yeah, I'll pack you in my suitcase. <laughs> but uh, that, I do... that's a, everybody that that's illegal. Do not try it. Trust me, that's illegal. Do not try it. Oh, I'd have no experience, but I'll take your word for it. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm set to head out to Seattle. Um, we'll see what happens with the Olympics, but I'm set to head out to Beijing, China first, um, and then probably in April. Um, definitely by April, but maybe as soon as March, I'll be headed back out. Oh man, you get to go to Beijing to, to cover the hockey? Yeah, I'll be covering both hockey tournaments and a few other things as well. Oh man, how do I get uh, Allison and Piper were right? I do need to have you as a good connect. <laughs> yeah, so so that that's awesome, Erica. But uh, one of the things I want to wrap up on is I I, I think the Devils and the Kraken kind of have a little bit of a rivalry, just a little bit, not much, because you guys are. Obviously, a new established team. We don't play you guys often. The next time we play, it was not going to be until late 2022 uh, in April, I believe. So um, I, I'm just referring back to the Lawson hit on Jack Hughes, in which Jack Hughes 
had to miss significant time due to that shoulder injury. And then you got Gearston <laughs> looking for retaliation the next period. And I, honestly, because of you guys, th that's the reason why Gearson still has a job with the Devils, just because I guess they were impressed that he stood up for um, Jack Hughes in that case. But And we don't play you guys often, but do you think there's a little bit of a rivalry brewing between the Kraken and the Devils? Um, to be honest, I think the most Kraken fans might say is that uh, Bastion went back. <laughs> we we dropped him, and then he went. Oh right yeah! Back. Oh yeah! Thanks, thank you, thank you for giving us Bastion back. Now he can <laughs> give us the energy for our bomb stick. So even though you guys didn't appreciate him, we love him. You did. You definitely did. So we'll see. Um, you know, I know some people ha are questioning how asset control for the Seattle Kraken. Uh, we had a few pl players that. We put on waivers going right back to the team we got them from. But, um, you know, that's the nature of the beast. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know if the uh, – respectfully, I think the Seattle Kraken have plenty of things they need to sort out. And I'm not sure that a rivalry with the Devils is definitely piping hot. But speaking of the Devils, actually, you reminded me that um, I am set to be in town for the Kraken game when they play the Devils. So if you're coming on out to Seattle, that might be the time to do it i will book a flight i will book a hotel and i will do whatever it takes to get into climate pledge arena to cover that game i will do whatever <laughs> it takes thank you for telling me that you I, heard I will it pack here, my bags I'll, <laughs> I, I got you but hopefully the devils are doing better at around that time because right now we're we, we, we suck yeah, well, Kraken not doing so great either, uh, Trey. We, we Both our teams have some work to do uh, after the, we come out of this holiday break. But actually, that's what we're going to get into next. How are our teams doing and what do we project uh, or predict will happen in 2022? Given that we are hosts of our respective podcasts, which that we knew a little bit more, but traditional fantasy sports are a long-term losing proposition. That's why Stats Hero shows you their lineup before you play, and you get to handpick your roster so it is a true head-to-head -head against the house. That's right. Stat Hero reveals their roster and dares you to beat them. Stats Hero head-to-head -head is what daily fantasy should be one-on-one. -on -one. So sign up right now at stathero.com backslash hockey and use promo code hockey for a 100% deposit match. That's stathero.com backslash hockey Promo code hockey for a 100% match. Stathero.com backslash hockey. Promo code hockey. Terms and conditions will apply. All right, Trey. So we kind of alluded to this just a, a little while ago. You know, uh, one, is there a rivalry between the Seattle Kraken and the New Jersey Devils? If you're watching from Locked on Devils, if you're locking, watching from Locked on Kraken, let us know uh, if you're watching on YouTube in the comments. But if you're listening, hit us up on social media. Let us know. Do you think the rivalry is real? Uh, because one way or another, we're going to find out come April. But right now, the Seattle Kraken is sitting at 10, 17, and 3. Have a lot of work to do if my bold prediction is going to come through. Um, you know, as far as how we're doing in the conference, we're dead last in the Pacific Division of, of course, the Western Conference. And, you know, things aren't going to get easier. And that's why I had said my prediction was if the Kraken want to be a viable team right out the gate, they have to do it in this first 
season because people clown on the Pacific Division. But here's the thing. In the last handful of drafts, it's been Pacific Division teams that have had top picks. So ultimately and eventually, at least theoretically, those top picks should be able to just, you know, come out guns blazing and then turn the tide of what the Pacific Division looks like. And the Kraken, if they can't catch up now, they're likely going to fall behind. Um, but that's what's going on with Seattle. Trey, what what about the Devils? What you got going on? Uh, for the past few episodes, I've been doing a Devils pity party with uh, fellow Devil podcasters, uh, writers, uh, because the Devils are not in a good place right now. We're on a six-game losing streak. There's rumors saying that we might move on from Lindy Ruff. However, Tom Fitzgerald's uh, comments to the media says otherwise. Um, the Devils right now, we are second to last in the Metropolitan Division. Uh, the Islanders aren't trailing that far back. They're only three points behind us. So uh, I'm just hoping that we can figure it out before we fall to dead last. We're still in it theoretically because the Metropolitan Division, well, we're not really that good this year. Like you got the Hurricanes, you got the Capitals, you got the Rangers, and then the Penguins seem to uh, be figuring things out because they're on a seven-game win streak. Um, but other than that, like the Flyers, Blue Jackets, we're, we're not that – we're four points behind – both those respective teams, despite struggles. So theoretically, we could finish in a respectable position. Yeah, exactly. I think the Seattle Kraken, uh, th- one of their things is inconsistency. It's not that, uh, you know, they just can't seem to keep it together. Uh, and everyone deals with injuries. Obviously, unfortunately, everyone's dealing with COVID protocol, players in and out. But at some time, you just got to buckle down. So, all right, Trey, I'll give this to you as we wrap up, um, and we can both do this. But what are two things uh, that we'd like to see our teams take on as New Year's resolutions for the 2022 portion of the season? Okay, so for the Devils, one, you need to find an established system. Because uh, if Lindy Ruff is theoretically fired, um, then that, that's going to be the fourth head coach in two years for our star player, supposedly Jack Hughes. Or... Uh, if we fire Lindy Ruff, get an interim head coach, and then get our new uh, established head coach, that's five new head coaches for Jack Hughes in just a two-year span. We've also went from GM to GM, so that doesn't help things either. We need to find an established system and an established identity. And then second of all, play with a purpose. The Devils sometimes play with no purpose, and it just seems like they're going through the motions. And it's frustrating as a fan to watch because um, – if I'm being honest with you, if I was a, if I was just a regular fan and I'm seeing the Devils playing like that, I'd turn the game off, quite honestly, because it's just that hard to watch. There's, they are so lucky. I have to, I have to do my podcast, but other, because otherwise, I just be, I just be turning it off because I can't, I can't watch this play any longer. So they need to find a new identity and an established one for a long period of time, and then two, uh, play with the purpose. I like those. I like those. Similar to what I would say for the Seattle Kraken, uh, one thing that I'd like to see, and I'll get a little more um, technical here, but I'd like to see more time with Drieger in the net. I think that what Drieger's issue has been is that he has not been healthy. But Chris Drieger, I think, has earned more of the starts. Um, And honestly, Philip Grubauer has not been very consistent for this Seattle Kraken team. And I get the sense that maybe he's just not comfortable, but something is definitely amiss with 
Philip Grubauer. So if Drieger can be healthy, I think he's earned a few starts. The other thing that I would say is find your 60-minute style. The Seattle Kraken are very inconsistent. They've been consistent throughout the schedule, but even within the game. And I think we've had times where we've seen the Seattle Kraken put together a pretty good 40, maybe 45 minute game. But I think I could only point to one or two times where I thought they had a good 60 minute game. And that, I don't know if that's an endurance issue. I don't know if that's just that they kind of, you know, they seem kind of absent minded at times. So they need to buckle down and focus on uh, putting together 60 minute games more consistently. You're preaching to the freaking choir because we struggle with goaltending. And we struggle with our identity, too. Exactly. So uh, whether we're rivals or not, it seems like we definitely have some similarities. So those are our New Year's resolutions. Trey Matthews, the host of Locked on Devils, thanks so much for joining for this crossover, as I like to say, squadcast over here on Locked on Kraken. And I looked up the dates, so I don't know when graduation is, but I do know that the New Jersey Devils are rolling into the depths of Climate Pledge Arena on April 16th. That's a 7 p.m. PT game. So I plan to be there. Um, and you'll probably see that uh, there will be some black hockey history focus right around that time in Seattle. Uh, I believe that the Black Mobile Museum will be rolling through around that time. So come out to the Emerald City uh, and we'll, we'll do this in person. I got you, Erica. Let, wait, hang on. Let me see. Uh, I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. Thank you again for listening to this special squad cast or crossover with Trey Matthews. He talked about his experience meeting some of the fantastic people behind the Seattle Kraken. I truly had no idea that so many people within the Kraken organization had nice things to say about me and to say about Locked on Kraken. But thank you so much. You make this podcast so fun. You make this team so much fun to cover. So from interactions on Twitter or whether we're talking about YouTube or even when I get to meet some of you in real life alongside some of the fantastic people covering this hockey team. It has truly been a highlight of my 2021. And speaking of that, we're going to go over a year in review when we get to next week. And don't forget, we have a special guest for our 100th episode that is set to air on Monday. And so it's going to bring, you know, your adult beverages, bring your confetti, bring, you know, your, your party poppers and everything. Cause we are definitely going to celebrate 100 episodes of the locked on Kraken podcast. As I always say, though, I am your host humbled, honored to be your host of locked on Kraken hold fast. Stay true and let's go.